Welcome to the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, we might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. We have a very special episode for you today. We have... Uh, have I forgotten his name? No. <laughs> <laughs> Martin McDonald from McDonald's or Mac Nutrition Uni. I'm not sure which one. Can you please give Thanks. yourself an intro? <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, do you want like a bit of a background for, for your listeners on stuff? I would assume that everyone knows who you are, but maybe that's an unfair assumption. So yeah. what do you do? Why do you do it? And who are you? <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? Do you know who I am? Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I don't actually. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, who am I? Um, I guess background is, you know, was as a performance nutritionist, clinical performance nutritionist. So my kind of, uh, training, I sometimes have people saying on Instagram, like, oh, you're a bit shady about what qualifications you have. I'm like, I'm not just, I'm actually just not going, oh, look at me, look at all my qualifications. It's just (laughs) like, oh, they're all on LinkedIn or on my website. If you really want to know. Um, but yeah, my background is uh, uh, sport and exercise science, actually. I kind of, through enjoying training and exercise, thought I was probably going to be an SNC coach of sorts and, um, or a sports scientist. But then through competing in natural bodybuilding for five years, I kind of fell in love with the nutrition side and um, ended up doing my master's in sports nutrition and then a postgraduate in clinical nutrition because, as I'm sure you guys are aware, just as you start working with people this outside of athletes and physiques and and this and the other it becomes there's always little drops of clinical stuff that's going on and um so I did that and um had a consultancy um working with athletes governing bodies and then general population and uh, we did lots of corporate wellness and um did that for a while and then back in 2016 we as you said there Mac Nutrition Uni people were like oh you know you should write a course for people to do and um, it's kind of funny actually because we had this consultancy and it took all of our time it's very busy and um, I was like you know we'll, we'll write a course we might get 50 people on it and um, we'll just stick some videos on YouTube and um yeah, launched this course and it just went mental and, uh, you know, global 65 countries. And we had to basically do a bit of crowdfunding initially because people wanted something. I thought it was going to be like a little 12 week course and uh, people like, Oh, it's going to be the best course in the world. Martin McDonald's doing this thing. We're all going to be qualified nutritionists. I was like, like, what the hell? I was like, it's just going to be a little YouTube thing. Um, So we ended up having to get all this like academic grade university learning platform and everything, which was just big bucks. Um, So we we basically said, you know, if you lot want this, put your money where your mouth is. And um, that ended up going really well. So we were able to do it. But yeah, now that's become um, what I do really. I don't work with clients myself anymore. Um, I kind of I love public speaking. That's my main jam. I remember, you know, in Facebook memories, it comes up. Yeah. Um, and and I, this thing came up from about seven years ago. Oh, I'd love, if I could, I'd love to just make a living just from doing public speaking and talks and education. And that's why initially I was a, a university lecturer for a few years and I loved it, but it was like the red tape I didn't like and oh. um, all that kind of marking of 
home, you know, courseworks and exams I didn't like. And, um, but I love doing that. And that, so that came up and, um, you know, now I do public speaking almost as a hobby. I don't, you know, it's like the malnutrition uni is my income and my job. But then, you know, in 2019, I just was like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to do a world tour of talks and um, don't really need to make any money from it just as long as it sort of breaks even and then just waltz stuff around Australia and Dubai and New Zealand and, and the whole of the UK. It was cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of me now is, yeah, this course that qualifies people and, you know, we've got a big contingent over in Australia. Um, we kind of secured the insurance to practice and to, to work with clients, you know, in person, but globally online. Um, and so, yeah, that's me. Oh. And I'm, I'm so glad that that's you because the industry has quite a low barrier to entry and I think it's easy for people to get lost in the weeds and not sure where to turn and have bad influences and really yeah. harm clients. And I think that you fill that space so nicely for coaches. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I suppose I probably should be a bit more clear about what I guess the premise of Malnutrition Uni is just this the whole I've, I feel super privileged actually I'm not sure I've said how much I've said this in public but super super privileged because there's other great people in the industry who probably could have done the same I was lucky that I there's lots of big names in the industry but they're kind of one-man band or, or you know um, you know they do their thing really well they're one thing whereas I always wanted staff and you know, didn't really want to do any work myself. Um, well, yeah, none of the hard, you know, the oh hard work. Yeah. Just, Just the fun work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I feel really privileged that no one had really brought out an evidence-based nutrition qualification. There, there are others that kind of sort of tick the box, but they're just, they've got little bits of junk in there that just aren't very good or they don't quite have, you can just read a textbook and pass the course. You don't actually have tutors and you don't have interaction and feedback and you know working through it and having your learning really checked up on rather than just a multiple choice test and, and, and whatever so um I feel super privileged that it hadn't been done a truly evidence-based course that like you've said you know stops people being misled or having mentors that are a bit weird and wacky and crazy ideas and um and, and stop, you know, it ultimately stops them hurting people or, or doing wrong by their clients. So the fact that I was in the time and space where I was able to be the person that created it, I love that. Like, it's cool. I'm, I'm really happy about it. Is it going to exist beyond you in 50 years from now? Yeah. Oh, geez. Funny question. Uh, or, you went straight I, to the death question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight to the jugular. I mean, destroyed don't, me, really. don't mind yeah. for the, the daddy sign over his right, uh, his right shoulder, <laughs> our left shoulder. It's not more than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some doozies. Um, yeah. I don't have much no. of a filter, Martin. Sorry. When I think things, no. it's just like, hey, woo. Good, yeah. I'm happy with that, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it will. Um, I think it's – that's the nice thing about it being – it isn't just me. Like, there is a whole management team that runs the show. There's – you know, we get praised so highly for our student support and, and, you know, we've got three dedicated sort of customer relations executives who aren't nutrition. Uh, they are literally there to help people because it, it's, it's mental. I've almost turned partly into, it, it's my lecturing role, but with 
adults with businesses and you know amazing people but you still have this pastoral thing of like really needing to care for people sometimes um you know like the pandemic never before has it things been so bad so it's what pandemic i haven't heard of it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but you know it's like affecting people's businesses and, and families and this that and the other and it's like being able to support them in that way um so yeah i do i very much do think it will um outlive me um but, but but it's also funny because I, I just love it. I, d- I almost don't want it to exist. I'd probably be better if it wasn't just the Martin show, but uh, I just love talking and making people laugh. And, and I'm always like saying to my staff, like, well, I'm not always saying it, that's wrong, but my lectures are better than yours. <laughs> you know, it's like competition. Well, I'm not saying that, but I, that's not true. Basically, I get upset when students go, say Sarah Duffield, she's our sort of head of nutrition here. People are like, oh my goodness, Sarah's first lecture. That this is my favorite of the course so far. And she's like, and I'm like, oh, oh, I see how really? it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'm take some marks off you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> move Sarah to the back end, you know. Yeah. Thinking back to uni though, um, I think some of the lessons that I remember or the way that I absorb information most is when a lecturer presented something in a kind of a funny way or gave some sort of narrative around it. Mm, yeah. Even though information can be so useful um, or true, if it's dry, it's really hard to absorb, at least for me. I was so- say that also aligns with your personality, you know, whereas yeah. you might have an average show like super boring and they're just like, I'm just here to learn. Yeah. Yeah. you know and, and then yeah. lectures like real dry and they're like this stuff is fantastic he really gets to the point they would hate me Mark. they would hate you yeah that's so funny you've said that there are genuinely some students who so i go off topic i talk around the subjects like we we had this conference um in 2016 and it was the art and science of nutrition counseling beyond calories and macros so it was all talking about communication and you know expert communication we had like a ex-hostage negotiations officer who's now a communications expert basically talking about how what's good listening and what's you know being able to paraphrase and summarize with your clients and make them feel heard um but what one of the speakers he talked about storytelling and the best way to get people to remember is through storytelling providing feeling within your speaking but um yeah i massively go off topic but but to provide context and people will literally say i remember you talking about this client and blah 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 and you took her sock off like this and that you know it's like um that sounds a bit weird doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. thanks daddy weird um <laughs> yeah why why were you taking a sock off no so it's like body composition testing um she had a femur and i was like doing her calves and i was just like pulled yeah, a sock like that really really bad edema but anyway some people just go yeah just aren't a fact you know 99% of students are like love the anecdotes really puts it in perspective keeps me engaged blah 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 but some people are just like you could have done that in 60 minutes and it was a- <laughs> well you're speaking to the 99% not the 1% yeah. boring people yeah. right <laughs> I couldn't imagine listening to this. I mean, you'd just be put on one and a half speed of which case then well, you become comical anyway yeah yeah well that's the other good thing is is they can speed it up um but and also people go oh the lectures are so young long i don't you know i thought it'd be an hour and it was an hour and a half and i'm like that it's great that it's an online course then you can pause it and come back when you have an extra half hour 
Uh, yeah, actually, learning online. actually one interesting thing, like I'll, I'll listen to someone like yourself or anybody else in the industry. And I always listen on one and a half speed. So does Liz. I never used to, but I always do. And then when I have a conversation with them for the first time, I'm like, they're so much more relaxed, you know, like <laughs> yeah. they actually pause in between their, in between yeah. their sentences. And I'm like, yeah. oh, like the recall, like the speed of recall. I'm like, damn, they can recall really yeah. fast. And then I'm like, oh, no, they're just normal. I just listen to them on one and a half speed. Yeah, well, being in the so industry funny. for so long, Martin, and um, being exposed to so many coaches that are exposed to so many clients, I imagine that you have a really robust idea of what the myths and problems and fads and stuff are. And I wonder if this question is too broad. Maybe you can give us <laughs> your top two that you wish would disappear and maybe why you think they're not disappearing. Oh, wow. Cool question. Um, okay. Top two. Sheesh. Well, you could do the politician thing. If you don't like the question, answer a question you do like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just change the subject. I do think that question's quite broad. <laughs> uh, no, it is good. I just want to give two good myths because there there are so many, right? It's it's um, and I guess it's almost uh, this is a very in time and place question because whatever's I guess in my current uh, media, you know, input that I'm just seeing those myths. But it's funny, like you then. Things come. Things do come in waves. So keto is a big thing, and mm. intermittent fasting is is a big thing, and veganism is a big thing, and and whatever. Um, so it's it's whatever's smacking you in the face at that time. Do you know what? There's nothing that's you know that I feel like is a big one. Or hormones for me is always a bit of a uh, a trigger one in terms of. Um, but it's not big, so it's not mainstream, but I guess you guys will see this, but is people making up magic with regards to hormones? Because, and I feel like it's a young personal trainer thing, young personal trainer, young nutritionist, young, like, and, I, and, and I'm guilty of this myself. Like I'll, I'll say to your audience, it's like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, sarc I'm sarcastic sometimes and I'll make jokes and I'll call people gimps and idiots and whatever, but I'm also always like, I'm this, like, I go, I go, all humans are idiots. And then it's like, oh, you're saying you're not human. And I'm like, no, you idiot. I, I am human. I'm saying it from, I'm from a place of humility. We are stupid. Like, it's just unfortunately one of our traits of we make, we have an observation and a feeling. We're also emotionally led a lot of the time. I felt it. I saw it. I observed it. Therefore, it's fact. And that's why it's amazing. We've got the scientific method. But unfortunately, we're all idiots and we all get led down there. So you have to con constantly be challenging yourself, constantly questioning, which is hard work and time consuming. Um, so I, you know, I, I sort of um, a few years back, someone sent me one of my articles from like 2010. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Um, a great measure of progress. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's another good quote of if you're not, I think it's a bit extreme, but if you're not embarrassed of who you were a year ago, you're not making enough progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, embarrassed is a strong word, but it just the premise of that quote is good. If you're not differing on some point of view, if you wouldn't change everything, you know, from <clears throat> several years ago, you're not developing as a, as a practitioner. So yeah. Yeah, someone I talked about in controlling insulin for fat loss and this, that, and the other. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, like what? Um, but 
but you do get misled, right? You're 18, 20, you know, my, my whole twenties, I just said stupid stuff because who were you learning from? Um, You know, 15, 17, whatever years ago, it's like, they were jokers. They like the industry was full of jokers. Uh, The biggest names. Um, I'm not going to call them out because some of them are dead. Um, Oh, I'm kind of okay with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's one I mean, thing got... that's shooting to my mind. Hmm? What Charles Poliquin? Yeah, yeah, Charles Poliquin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a huge lo- fan. I call him Lolliquin. Um, <laughs> everything he says is just like lol. So <laughs> like, when oh, he passed away, um, in the most this is getting dark. Isn't <laughs> I don't it? want to say hilarious of ways, but like, what a contradiction. Yeah. Um, everyone <clears throat> was posting up these like selfies with him, and oh, like so sad. Blah blah blah. I mean, it's. <clears throat> I'm not happy that anyone passed away, but I just, I was like, when is too soon to be like, did we really lose that much? Or how much damage did he truly do? (laughs) Yeah. Like his strength and conditioning stuff, not terrible nutrition. He really sent us backwards in a big way. And like, I am so passionate about driving the industry forward, not backwards and talking against bullshit, not adding to it. He definitely added to it. So like, should we really be that sad? Don't know. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting the way people reacted. Like some people messaged me and went, Paul Quinn's dead. Have you seen blah, blah, blah. Like, are you going to comment? And I was like, I'm not sure that's appropriate. This is 24 hours. And yeah. you, what do you think I'm going to go online and go, ha ha. It's like, it's not a nice thing. I'm like, no. his family will be destroyed. I'm not going to yeah. be like, who would be that much of a twat? But, um, but in terms of the industry, we massively took a leap forward when that influence left the industry. Yeah, and, absolutely. and what's worse is people going, he'd, you know, praising him so highly in terms of the industry. It's just like, I looked up to him and that was good. Like, leave it there. Don't start going, he made the industry better. He didn't, he completely ruined it. Yeah. Um, the, the last 10 years of his career. Um, and it's, it's a huge win for the industry that he's not there. I mean, unfortunately, I believe biosignature modulation is still being rolled out. Um, you can still be 0% body fat. <clears throat> It's a good business model, though, isn't it? God, people yeah. spend hundreds on cleansers and detoxes. Um, you, it, it is the world's best. Um, I'd say world's best. That's probably more like Herbalife type stuff. But it, it, within the fitness industry, it's the most fancy, high-end money-making scheme I think someone's come up with in the in the fitness industry um, yeah. with regards to nutrition, sorry. People are so and, bored in. It's culty. Yeah. And and even, even like I mentioned, some of those evidence-based nutrition courses still have elements of him within their course despite the fact they know full well and and students have been complaining why have you still got page whatever 167 in the textbook like it's absolute crap Mm. um you know like i'm gonna pinch you know the whole for anyone listening who doesn't know it's like you pinch these different eight or 12 different sites on the body and then you come up with these magical ratios. Like I literally was in the industry when he created this. And I remember him going, I've got all the data. I'm going to publish it. I've done it on these military, da, 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 da. I'm, I'll bring it out and you'll see. And then like 10 years later, I'm still going, sorry, when are you going to, when are you going to publish that? Because um, it's really interesting. And I'm like, it would take five minutes to go, you know, he's basically going, if this is out of line with this, it's like, okay, take your earlobe skin fold and your testicle skin fold and, or like if you're female, like labia skin fold and compare them. And then if this one's two times more than this, you've got low testosterone. And you, that would take you five minutes to test his hypothesis. Just do it and then go to a lab and just get your bloods done and test your testosterone. And then we'd know if it was right or wrong. And in the 15 or whatever years it was about, 
No one once did that. But what they did post was before and afters, having done a zero carb, you know, lick of a prune is all the carbs you're allowed. That was one of his big things, wasn't it? Yeah. If it, what was it? It was like, if your skin on your bum isn't the same as the skin on the back of your hand, the only carbs you're allowed is a lick of a prune. Like, what? Why, why is no one laughing at this guy? They're like, yeah, this guy's amazing. Um, yeah. But it, it was just the most bonkers thing that he came up with these ratios and then went, right, take my supplements to correct these things, but also train every day, twice a day, and don't eat any carbs. Yeah. Um, yeah. He and how would, convenient. Yeah. Who doesn't? He actually created an Aussie skin <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, that's right. The, because he said the, the, the back handle. the back of the hips, the love handle was disproportionately large in Australians. <laughs> no. Yeah. I so did he, not know that. I've learned something new. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what it indicated. Yeah, well, going back to your hormone thing, right? He's saying, I remember um, having my hammy done in like 2009 pinched. And it was like, oh, your estrogen levels are far too high because your hamstring fold. Is- Easy solution. <laughs> Stop eating out of plastic. <laughs> Don't microwave things. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, but but people, personal trainers with the eight-week qualifications from a course start talking about hormones. Like, are you an endo? No. Like, mm. what? Like, do you even, can you spell hormones? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. what hormone is out? Like, your hormones are like, yeah. which one? And like, is that bad? It's just it's, crazy that people get this like complicated thing that even GPs can't work with. They have to send you to mm. a specialist, but PTs think they can, or Poliquin thinks he can fix it with BCAAs. Like it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BCAAs. I remember one of his main disciples here in the UK, when like top UK PT, and uh, someone asked him on Twitter, like, oh, I see BCAAs like a really important. How many should I take? And his response, with not like a hint of sarcasm was as many as you can afford. Wow. Like what kind of comment <laughs> is that from someone who's like this big time? Uh, and, and then you get all the sarcastic people going, well, I've got a really good job, so I can afford a lot of branched chain amino acids. So yeah, if I die now, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. They were um, at least taking a lot of gelatin. You know, yeah. in, in it's hindsight, the there was yeah. definitely yeah. more yeah. gelatin in that in that protocol than there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? He was like, take BCAs between your sets and stuff, and then and it was like one gram of fish oil per percentage body fat. Oh, per yeah. day. I'm, I'm, some of the most unbelievable. I sort of think I'll know that I've made it when I can say something so absurd, and people just don't question it. Just go, yeah, cool. Like, I mean, someone did actually leave a review on my podcast and it was Martin could tell me to eat shit. And I we would. We can say shit on the podcast. <laughs> go for it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and and I would because he's just a mate. And I was like, oh, like, that's cool. I'm um, moving up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm moving up. Like, let's see what I can get away Always with. Always polygon status. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, now, okay. So one thing that we would like to abolish is anything to do with Lollican. Mm -hmm. Is there something else that comes to mind? Um, Right. Maybe, perhaps, uh, that calorie deficits don't work. It's my body type that's stopping me. Is that something that's that's coming up for you a lot? All, always a big one. I did a um, 
what did I do the other day? I just did a reel on Instagram talking about this um, V Shred guy. Have you seen him? All of his oh. adverts, huge. I wish I eat for your body, eat, eat right for your body type. And, it, it, you know, even in the UK, again, just... He has a million followers on Instagram, V-Shred. And really? YouTube and all the rest of it. Yeah. Ah, it's a big marketing machine, that that whole thing. And again, yeah, doing your, these little quizzes to find out your body type. And, and it, it's big because people want answers, right? It's like, I, I always go talk about macro splits in terms of they just make people... people PTs feel a bit more like they're doing something like if you just go honestly it's mostly calories and they go but what about protein you go honestly it's just mostly calories they're like really I need a perfect macro split honestly it's just mostly about calories like and that's a boring message and I I want to sort of just say I you know I did this uh lots of people kind of quote me on it but fat loss it is simple but it's not easy. So it is genuinely people, someone even going, how do you prove it? And I'm like, I don't need to prove it. That it's the laws of physics. Like this is gravity, thing. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's this case of a calorie deficit is it's, it is physics. It's the, the amount of energy in a cell and it's moving out and moving in. There's nothing fancy here. And it's, Oh, but what about the fact that back of packets are incorrect? Fine remove that what about the fact that people get hungry fine remove that i'm talking about the actual logistical situation of if you've got more energy coming out of a cell than going in it's a bank transaction if you spend more than you put into your account it goes down there's not there's nothing equivocal about this um and so there's little nuances in terms of if we are counting calories what you know we're getting less calories from certain foods than are maybe listed on labels. Like there's the whole fibrous matrix within nuts that, you know, almonds are the big poster food for that, like 30% less calories absorbed from nuts if you eat them. And I'm, and people are like, so it just proves that calories in calories out is wrong. And I'm like, are you mental? Like we've now proven, we know that you absorb 30% less. So we've just improved our equation. You've not disproved anything. And honestly, unless you are, an almondarian who only eats almonds it's not changing anything like Please tell me that's not 30? a diet <laughs> yeah yeah like what's 30 percent of 30 like nine like okay it's now the calories for 21 grams of almonds like it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things um so yeah this whole idea that there's something more it just unfortunately muddies the waters if people, I, I spent my whole tour, literally the first like three hours is discussing really in depth about energy balance. And, you know, you sort of put this, you know, the energy balance seesaw in and out and people are like, I've paid good money and this guy's supposed to be amazing. And he's talking to me about the seesaw, like this better be frigging good. Um, it was good uh, <laughs> if anyone had the reviews. Uh, but anyway. Imagine uh, if Sarah did it. Yeah, it would have been so much better. <laughs> Oh geez, I shouldn't have given that away, should I? That's gonna be like come back to bite me. Like, where's Sarah? I've not seen Sarah. Um, so yeah, it's it it muddies the waters. As soon as people think there's a question there, they're like, oh yeah, but and it's like, no, there's no but. It's literally that. Now let's start discussing how you can stick to it, how how good you are at tracking it, how much you're adhering, either knowingly or unknowingly, um, getting things wrong. And, um, 
yeah, I would love it if there just wasn't people going, it, it's more than a, you know, it's more than a calorie deficit. It's not. And you don't even understand what a calorie deficit is. I've, I've literally just recorded a podcast episode, which will come up in a couple of weeks, but going, what's maintenance calories? Because people are like, Martin, if I jump straight back to maintenance calories after being on a, an aggressive diet, for instance, won't I gain fat? And I'm like, it's maintenance. Ma- maintenance calories. Yeah, I know. But if I jump straight back to maintenance, will I gain fat? No, maintenance, <laughs> Ma- maintenance, maintenance calories. There's like, another three hours on the maintenance seesaw. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the seesaw. Maintenance. Like, it's unbelievable. But the unfortunate situation there is they're going a predicted maintenance. Or the weirdest one that I just, I don't know how you can help someone who's just not doing this in their head, but... No, I mean my maintenance before I started my diet, you know, when I was 20 pounds heavier. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, um, we've got issues here. If you think that's maintenance calories for the rest of life. So, but yeah, um, I'd love it if people stopped trying to question calorie deficit. Mm. I think that's with the the whole um, concept of the, you know, diets don't work concept too. Because there's a lot of misappropriation with maintenance to begin with. And right. the behavior change required to achieve the loss is the behavior change required to maintain the loss. But I suppose that's where the difficulty lies. That's what you talk about, the nuance, you know. It's not just as simple as eating calories. No, yeah. People just go, oh, so you just uh, eat less and exercise more. That sounds, no, it's like, no, no one's ever, you know, people have said that, but it's, um, I mean, that would work if you could stick to it. Mm. Um, and, and there's, oh, so you can just eat whatever the hell you want. It's like, well, yeah, you actually can. There's lots of gimps on YouTube who are like eating the whey and Pop-Tart diet. That was a big thing when If It Fits Your Macros came out, just people going, I just do Pop-Tarts and whey and, I've, and I'm getting shredded. And it's like, yeah, it's not hard I've when you're 21. Point, yeah. yeah. Um, no one's actually saying that in their right mind that, that, that people should not care about dietary quality. It's, they're not mutually excu- exclusive, but people create this unnecessary dichotomy between quantity and quality it's like no great focus on both um but quantity matters a lot more um and it is a big thing actually in the uk lots of our unfortunately funding for covid research went to this moron and he i I probably shouldn't name him but i'm gonna um um i don't know if he's a professor or a doctor but his name's tim specter and he's like a a gut health researcher and he's his his team's work is actually quite interesting like it's they they're part of the research group who did this stuff essentially your glycemic response between individuals to the same food is wildly wildly different but but not just we kind of knew that right one person versus another is sort of different but as in it's this whole thing of like someone can eat ice cream and and it has a you know like a high gi and and this person's eating white bread and white bread's got low gi and it's just thrown really what we understood as glycemic index out the window it's just like people are getting these massively different responses but unfortunately he's now I believe my opinion um, (laughs) for legal reasons uh, (laughs) is that this is just my opinion of what he is doing, but it may not be factual (laughs) subtext. I'm definitely right. Uh, (laughs) Is just seen money signs and fame signs. And he wants 
you know, I don't know, a payday for all his hard work in the lab and gone, we can now create the best fat loss diet for someone. Mm. And it's like, well, 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 like, sorry, when did glycemic index impact energy balance particularly? Like, it's super interesting uh, that it's these dramatically different responses and that might pertain to metabolic health or something like that. But he's not gone past just literally measuring an outcome and uh, uh, like an initial outcome rather than, you know, just a simple biomarker. Whereas he's not done a fat loss diet where he goes, I'm so what's happening now is, you know, if you do, it's called Zoe, I think, or something or other, but it's like, if you eat right for your, you know, whatever they're calling it, metabolic type, or you eat these foods that are better for you, you'll lose weight better. And it's like, you've not shown that. Like, I can eat high GI or whatever, and I know I've got a really high blood glucose response and high insulin response and still lose fat if I'm in a deficit. It's, you've not done anything magical. If he shows by eating these foods and my specific foods, like if I don't particularly respond to, ice cream and it doesn't impact my hunger. I mean, ice cream is maybe a bad one to choose, but like potato or whatever. Um, And I'll be more satiated. Then it's like, cool. We know that changing hunger is a super useful tool to focus on when trying to get someone because you don't want to live your life hungry, right? Like I lose weight. I don't want to be hungry for the rest of my life. It just, I won't maintain this. It's only, we've only got that sort of finite (laughs) thing until we just crack um but he's not showing that so it that side of things really frustrates me that that it's kind of going towards um uh, that's another thing dna testing that's that was one of my food intolerance testing dna testing you know we can create the perfect diet based on your dna like my my only published peer-reviewed published um, paper in experimental physiology is literally on what's called the angiotensin converting enzyme polymorphism. And you, I literally see these DNA companies using this thing that I have a pretty good knowledge on going, oh, people with the DD allele, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, that isn't what the research shows. But they're going, yeah, like we, we had DNA tests when I worked for British weightlifting. Um, these are um, phenomenal athletes. Um you know, Olympic games, standard athletes beating, you know, beating other drug using countries, athletes, they're just, you know, we did well. And um, they are strong as hell. And, you know, one of our female weightlifters, we had, uh, I think it was a Hungarian retired weightlifter. And, and honestly, the, the difference, you know, when she was lifting full on man, masculine, you know, deep was like, whatever. And then 10 years later, she'd actually, a lot of the masculinization had gone. And I was like, that's really interesting to see that. But her best lives, her and this weightlifter with our weightlifter were very, very similar on like the raw lifts um, or or kind of just your, your squats and stuff like that. Whereas this woman had done, you know, years and years of weightlifting since she was young and also probably been more robust because of drug use. And so it was better. But anyway, this athlete did one of these DNA tests and she's phenomenally strong, phenomenally talented. And it literally said, you would excel in endurance sports. You should not do strength these <laughs> things. You will not excel. You will not adapt, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it just shows you that we don't currently have DNA testing that, you know, training wise, we're a lot further ahead of nutrition. 
And training is still just BS. Like it doesn't, you know, people are talking about DNA testing kids to see where they should go into sport and stuff. It's just like, it doesn't work. We're not there. And even then, what happens if you don't enjoy it? Like that's also a big factor, uh, weirdly. So um, yeah, I, I don't like this whole thing of like, do a DNA test, we'll give you a diet. Do a food intolerance test, like food intolerance test, just do not wet. There isn't one on the planet that exists. That was my other master's research on food intolerance testing. Um, there isn't one that exists. I wish there was. That's why I did my research on it. Industry funded research, in fact. They wanted us to publish data that showed their, showed it worked. It would have made them a lot of money. And um, when we found it was BS, guess what happened? It didn't get published. Publication um, bias, so, mm. Exactly, yeah, publication bias, right? So um, I wish all of these myths would die. I know I've, I've done more than two, but uh, it's I'm good. I'm fine yeah. with that. I wonder if these things are seductive to people because everybody wants to blame something else other than eating too much energy or they want to feel mm. special. It's like my personal DNA or my special intolerances or something. They don't want mm. to know that like these are just the laws that humans live and die by, you know, mm. or gain and uh, lose by. Yeah. And I also think there's an element of, uh, and I try and we te we've got a case studies residential within MNU for our sort of full with honor students. And I talk to people about making your client feel like a snowflake. So there's certain supplements where you use them quite often, like vitamin D, you end up using it with a lot of clients because of just the, you know, modern day and the fact that it's so difficult to get it from food. And, uh, so there's a different way you can sell vitamin D is like, oh, with, you know, I'll, I'll give most of my clients vitamin D. Like no one's paying you X, you know, whatever, hundred pounds an hour for advice that you give to all your clients. Like the wording matters in terms of buy-in and adherence. So going in your specific situation based on X, Y, Z, these blood tests, for instance, because we know the placebo is flipping powerful as well, right? It's like you tell someone something, you get them to take something. You touch someone and, and do a test, i.e. biosignature modulation, and it suddenly feels more... Yeah, the, the placebo works more. And, you know, if you inject something, you pass something through the skin, the placebo is even stronger. Like even if you're giving them a, a sugar pill then you inject sugar. The injection of sugar will work more of whatever outcome you're looking at. Um, I think they've done it in, um, what's it called? Phobias. So, you know, you can, people can get over phobias with just this tablet placebo and then they do a bit of a physical examination and they give them this injection and they're literally, oh my goodness, my phobia is cured. And these are people who've been like completely debilitated. And it's like, that's how freaking strong the placebo is. Yeah. Um, so you tell them that the vitamin D is specific to them and they actually bother to take the frigging tablet instead of forgetting all the time. Mm. Um, so, you know, stuff like that in terms of this is your DNA. Like, look at these DNA tests, right? Like, I don't, like people have sent me back on my Twitter days. I literally said to people, send me these reports you're getting so I could just look at these things. And honestly, it's... The, what what's the nutrition advice? Like they're all the same, eat more vegetables and then there'll be a little difference somewhere, but it genuinely is just cut out processed foods. Your genotype says that you shouldn't eat processed foods. And it's like, no way. Like, Oh, I'm definitely going to follow this advice. Now it's like the same advice that you've got from, you know, when you're 10 years old. Um, yeah. So, but it feels magic. 
because, oh, I specifically should eat green vegetables. No, I never would have guessed that. But it turns out that I've got the genotype where eating crap doesn't, you know, makes me put on body fat. Um, like, are you aware of Spencer? Yeah. Are you aware of Spencer Nadolsky? Yes. Yeah. Um, so the first time we, I think it was the first time we spoke at a conference together. He, um, he particularly enjoyed this thing. I, and it was about body types, actually, like you said earlier, but I was like, you know, for your body type, it's like, depending on what your body type is for your body type, you need a calorie deficit to lose fat. Like, and for your body type, you need to hit. And then he did this quote tweet and it sort of went a little bit viral, which is quite cool. But um, it is literally, this is what the DNS tests are doing. It's like, you need to eat better and exercise more. And like, cool, I'm going to stick to that because I paid for this stupid test. Um, so all of these things just, they, they help because someone's paid money. They think it's specific to them. Um, like you said, like my personal, whatever, I'm special, I'm a snowflake. Um, and everyone is, you know, different in some way or another. And this is why it's coaches are really important. Good coaches, sorry, are really important because you get a knack for going and, you know, through your consultation, through listening, whatever, you get an idea of what you're hearing and they're reporting. And actually, do you know what might help in your situation is X, Y, Z. And, you know, as well as we know, emo the emotional support side of things just kind of works for most people. Um, and it can be really useful if you can make it unique and make someone buy into the process and support them in the same way as some crappy test does, but you just mm. don't have to fleece people um, wow. for money for the test. Yeah. Which is what I quite love about um, the way that you teach things. Cause you understand, you know, not just the science of how it works, but the kind of the methods to get people to buy in. And, and I, I feel like everything that you teach is, is really practical. I imagine the Mac Nutrition Live Day that's coming up soon is going to be no different. Yeah, uh, that's a, a really cool one, actually, because uh, it's ended up, we unfortunately lost one of our international speakers, um, but I've, I try not to speak at these things because... I, say, uh, I feel like this is an opportunity for you, Martin, to come in and be really, really punch at home, you know? And that's what I've done. So I've taken his slot. <laughs> uh, is he last? Uh, yeah, well, I, I get to pick the order. So oh, I perfect. Get I want. You should have confetti come down from the ceiling and everyone gets a prize under their chair. Now rate who your favourite speaker was. And a cape. You definitely need a cape. <gasps> Can you come out with a cape oh. and you have to like flap it like this? Have you seen the suit I wear? Oh, in fact, hold on, stay there. Do you, okay. do you put the video of this out? Yeah. Was it audio? Yeah, okay. It'll be on YouTube too. I can't. I hope it's a cape. Is he coming back with a cape? It better have sequins. Is, is it this a is my, I don't know if you've seen this, but this is like my turquoise suit that I wear. You uh, remind me of Mask. You know that movie with Jim Carrey? I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a bit like that. There's actually a yellow suit that I thought, because I think he wears a yellow suit in that film as well. I was or like, maybe. He does. Yeah, he definitely yeah. does. He's okay. bright. A bright coloured suit of some sort. And there might be a green one as well. Uh, but either way, yeah. So I don't normally, that's for the graduation ceremony um that i wear that that suit for our students but the the live day is cool because i get to sort of engineer what i think people need to hear and um there's some cool topics um one of the first ones i was actually going to speak on this but we've got a probably someone who's a bit more of an expert than me on this especially with regards to intuitive eating and is that is that coming up is that a big thing 
that you guys are hearing a lot about. Yeah, well, bridging between like whether it's intuitive versus informed and then how do we actually, like what are people saying is intuitive versus what actually is it and all that kind of stuff. So you're speaking about intuitive eating where it meets weight loss, right? And the reason that I think it's really interesting is because intuitive eating is obviously a weight neutral approach. People don't view intuitive eating to lose weight, but I have lots of people come to me like, Oh, I'm just sick of tracking and I want to do informed eating. You know, how can I lose weight? Sorry. Yeah. Intuitive eating. How can I lose weight doing this? Um, So I think it's, it's a really hot right now and people need to understand it. A hundred percent. And that's, so that's why I came up with the talk title and wanted to speak on it, but just got someone who's an actual intuitive eating practitioner. So you know, like you said, it's a neutral, um, weight neutral approach. And the reason I wanted this talk to happen is because people are creating camps, like a lot of the non-diet, anti-diet, whatever crowd, um, are, are basically going all diets fail. All diets are damaging. No one should in try to intentionally lose weight it will oh. give you an eating whatever which is completely untrue and but super disempowering too you know like they yeah, forget that some exactly. people aren't happy you have no control it's your genetics yeah exactly Fucking super genetics. disempowering um and so it's basically it's not saying how do you how to intuitive eat to lose weight it's mm-hmm. going which which of these tools do you need at this time and when, et cetera? And you brought up a good point there about, um, Dean, when you said intuitive eating, like it's not a trademark term. People go, that's not intuitive eating. It's like, I can use the word intuitive. Like you don't own it. No one owns it. Um, but yes, if we are talking about intuitive eating, like capital I, capital E, this specific methodology, yes, it's a 10 step process, but I'm eating intuitively. Like I can use that word if I want, but then you almost start going, yeah, informed eating or auto-regulated eating, et cetera. Um, But just knowing when it's appropriate, it's just a cool topic for people to be aware aware of and to know that you don't, because I think some practitioners now are like, I don't know if I can help people with weight loss because I just feel really conflicted because so-and-so says, and I'm like, so-and-so's an idiot. Um, But that's not to say that intuitive eating is a bad thing. Like you don't have to be one or the other. Like there are times when you really should probably push a client towards an intuitive eating practitioner to work through that process because that's really going to benefit them at this time. Um, So that's one of the talks. And then the, I don't, this isn't in the order, but we've got one on body image from a, an actual body image researcher, super evidence-based. And again, like you said uh, about we're doing practical strategies. So it's how can you actually move towards having positive body image? Because again, there's this thing of, you know, if I lose weight, my happiness will improve or I will love myself more, et cetera. And it's like a bit of a, a fallacy often. Um, that really it doesn't bring happiness. Like you need to kind of be happy with yourself and not, you're not going to hate yourself into change. Like it's not going to suddenly give you the job you want or the partner you want or whatever. There's a lot of self-work you need to do. Um, But again, a brilliant uh, thing of, of helping that. And then coupled with the third speaker who's talking on binge eating and uh, which is just a, you know, a massive topic. Um, uh, the, The spectrum of, you know, from just a binge if people use that as a colloquial term up to you know towards the clinical end of the range but everything in between which the fitness industry is so rife with of 
um, I, I make this a bit of a joke on my tour of people going, you know, Martin, I, I was, I came home, I was a bit stressed and I just binged and I really, I, I ate and ate and ate until I was sick. And then I sort of cried because I was really sad with myself for binging and then just ate a bit more. And then I just cried a bit more and uh, I just really hated myself. And then I slept and I woke up crying and then I binged. And then, you know, the next day I woke up and I, I'm just thinking, I just want some advice on that situation. What macro should I do today? I'm like, what, <laughs> what, no, that's not normal. You need to go and get that sorted. No, but I was just wondering if there's, or is there a supplement I can take? And I'm like, you need, yeah. you need, yeah, should I fast today? I'm like, you need to go get help. You don't need to look for a magic supplement or what macros, you know, should I try and re-insulin re sensitize myself today by doing a bit of a low cut? It's like, you've got an issue. Yeah. Um, but people just asking all the wrong questions. So yeah, some, again, a really practical talk on binge eating. And then I'm going to finish off with probably something on rapid fat loss protocols. So just because it's something I asked so much about and people, whenever I go on like a podcast like this and, and chat about it, I occasionally will go in the comments, like it's dangerous, right? If you go read comments about yourself, just like <laughs> people full-time jobs have just been nasty on the internet. Um, but people just almost really not listening to all and mi misrepresenting the, but, or I've just maybe not been clear. That's also another thing is like, oh yeah, I didn't in this podcast mention that because I thought people knew that. Mm. So, so it'll be really nice for me to actually have slides that I can work through in a, you know, sort of pragmatic fashion and build the picture for people. So they understand everything and then go, and then this is the practical protocol that you would lose at uh, use to do you know a rapid fat loss um phase if you wanted to and if it suits you um so yeah that's the day 27th of november i can't wait that's a really like interesting dichotomy of um the other three alongside you i know right i know i don't know if you should lead with rapid or end with it i've got to end because because, because i can use of course the gate, the gate, <laughs> right but but yeah, because it'll be kind of like now you've heard all of this shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean shit as in it's shit. That's just I know. me being strong. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. Now if you want to do some cool stuff, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nice. the fluffy stuff, right? Isn't it? It's like I'm, I really care about your mindset and your body image and love yourself and blah blah. But by the way, let's get shredded as hell. Like <laughs> let's all post six packs on our asses, like shredded glutes, baby. Like yeah, it's it's a real. You're so right. But I think for me is by if i do have the last talk what i can do is show um i can almost build from where they've said like if they've talked about body image in a certain way like with obsessive tendencies and like daily weighing and this that and the other i can go remember what we said in the body image talk or remember what we said in the intuitive eating or remember what we said in the binge eating one like if you're doing a rapid fat loss thing and it's pushing you towards these binge eating behaviors because there's still this myth that or if you have a bigger calorie deficit, you're more likely to end up with disordered eating. Like the disordered eating research doesn't show that like at all. It's not a thing. You can, you can get an eating disorder, eating maintenance calories. Um, like that's what orthorexia essentially is. You know, there's nothing about a calorie deficit in orthorexia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think by going at the end, I can go, this is frigging cool, but just be careful as with any dieting thing is like, we do just need to remain reflective of if it starts pushing someone into certain tendencies as a good coach, we can kind of just outline that rather than the old school mentality of 
don't worry about that binge, just jump back on the bandwagon and try harder. And I'll just cheer you on a little bit louder. It's like, let's, yeah, maybe reevaluate. Yeah, or shaming um, the client. You didn't want it, it enough. It's getting yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, the funny that. one, isn't it? People joke, like that. a 21-year-old oh. with no job, no kids, no responsibilities. Like, you just don't want it enough. Like, just why don't you just prepare 42 meals a week like I do? Like to this <laughs> mum, single mum of like four children with a job. Like, Oh, geez. man, we all have 24 hours in a day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, shoot me now. Yeah. <laughs> so this is for not just coaches, is it? Anyone can come. No, yeah, we we open it to absolutely everyone. We have this really big, beautiful conference center. Yeah, it is sad that I would love to come and do something over in Australia. Like I flip in my one time in Australia was was pretty much the best sixteen days of my life. If I'm really honest, Uh, it was super cool. But uh, in the UK, in East Midlands conference center, and it's just open to everyone. It's it's very much pitched. That's the one of the main compliments I get is dumbing you know dumbing down the science um to make it available for uh, for everyone and that's what we say to our experts is yes we want you to cite the evidence and the research but really want it to be something that anyone whether they're a coach or whether they're hearing it for themselves um can take away and learn and be able to implement it so Mm. um that's the big thing and just uh uh, thanks for kind of the opportunity to talk about it. I'm, I, we, we've already got a big sort of close to 300 people now um, attending. The other cool thing about it is, is we do have an after party as well. So it's like Ooh. a dinner and an after party and stuff. So it's a real nice fitness event in terms of fitness, health, nutrition event in terms of it's nice when you get a lot of people who give a crap about evidence-based stuff in yeah. a room together. Yeah. Um, because I know a lot of these, the personal trainers and nutritionists and dietitians who come along they're like, oh, my colleagues are, you know, still doing biosignature or whatever. And so it's nice to actually talk to someone who's like, yeah, let's talk about something that's actually a bit more client centered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if people I'll just say this as well. Uh, I'm doing a a, um, a a code for anyone who signed up to my email list to, to actually get like 40 percent off a ticket price. So um, wow. maybe I can send you the link. Yeah, we'll yeah, put it we'll in the show, the show notes. notes for sure. Yeah. In the show notes, yeah. yeah That'd cool. be cool. I think there's a real art in because because you said, you know, like dumbing down the science so it's accessible to everyone. I think there's a real mm. art in simplifying the scientific jargon and all of the complications mm. and oversimplifying it to the point that it's hardly true. Mm. And I think um you and Mac Nutrition Uni do a really good job of simplifying the science so that it's palatable or palatable as mm, the, the Americans, <laughs> Americans say, um, palatable. Oh, but it's still, it's still, it, you still know all the things that you need to know just mm. without the jargon it's stuff you can remember. Cause it's mm. said with a narrative and a story. And I just, mm. yeah, I really love it. Yeah. Thanks very much. It is. I think it, it's one of those things. If you can't explain someone, something to a child or your, your grandparents or someone with no prior knowledge, you probably don't understand it well enough. Mm. Uh, yourself so it is one of those things that's that's why i think people come out of malnutrition uni with so much confidence and it's hard to really explain why that happens we you know it's in our tagline and it, it you can't sell it you know if, if we were salespeople, which we're not very good at but it just kind of sells itself which is fortunate um but it's you can't really sell you will be more confident after doing this course and you know we have people who are 
you know, they've done a degree and a master's from an amazing university and in nutrition, and they still don't have the confidence to put themselves out there or work with clients or no. And then they come out of nutrition uni one year and they're like a changed person. Of, and I think it genuinely is that thing. They've been taught in such a way that they, are, they don't just understand the what, they genuinely understand the why. And like you said, the science enough to go, I really understand why I'm telling you this. And I really understand why it's going to work. And I really understand if it doesn't work for you, what potentially adaptations are that need to be made for you. Um, it's not your blood. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> or the pinch on your ass. But I think it's because they're learning from people that have been in the space, right? Like, whereas you, mm. you go to uni and like, you know, you go, oh, that was really interesting information. What do I do with it now? Yeah. 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 yeah now That's what? So you know? Yeah. yeah, that is really true. If you learn from, we call it us, ourselves like academic practitioners is like we are we are in the trenches, like everyone you learn from every single lecturer is in the trenches working frontline with clients and has done so for many years. But they've also got all of the, you know, three to seven, 10 years worth of academic study behind that mm. career. So yeah, yeah, I feel like, like uni is learning through mechanism. And then this would be more through like mechanism and application. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We normally like to wrap up a podcast with well, our tagline for the podcast is how to be less shit. Um, Just driving home positivity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love it. We teach people how to be good. We teach them how to be less shit. Yeah. Because like you said, everyone is an idiot and we're all kind of shit at stuff and we're all just trying to get better, which is why I got this tattoo, by the way. Oh, wrong hand. Mm. I got a mustache tattoo on my finger. Uh, only wow. what six months ago, and I'm yeah. 32, which is something you normally do as a teenager. Because I was like, yeah, well, yeah, you do reach an age where you realize everyone else is an idiot, and so are you. So, why yeah. not just get a stupid tattoo? Um, yeah, and here we are. So, how to be less shit. If people could walk away with one take home message, something to remember, what might that be? I know it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? It's, we've covered, it's a, it's we've a big it. question. <clears throat> Who are you really, Martin? Yeah. Deep down. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how could you be less shit? One one thing to take away. Like my, my initial thing is I think it is really, I'm gonna this is a bit of a gripe of mine. So I'm gonna say this, and it's a tricky one. Like I could go read more books or like get more sleep or be more grateful for life or whatever. But I this is a bit of a hard hitting one, I guess, in a way, that people do need <laughs> need to stop in gyms no they need to start <laughs> taking <laughs> taking responsibility and so i'm not big on this whole uh, this idea of personal responsibility of you know the reason that people are unhealthy and out of shape is only personal responsibility whatever it's like there's so many factors that play into it in terms of where you were born your socioeconomic status your genetics like flashback they do matter we just currently can't measure exactly how and what we should do is about it but they frigging matter loads um but people need to start taking responsibility for and i get this so much through social media people just want me to be able to send them one instagram reply or answer a comment like i just did an entire month of content on pcos like really good evidence-based content content on pcos that all the time I'm thinking, what's practical? I did one post of what you should eat, what foods you should eat for PCOS and like went into some decent detail and people were commenting, I'm so confused. There's so much conflicting information in this area. I just don't know what to eat. And I'm like, 
That is what my post is about. And like my sarcastic response is ignore everyone but me. I'm always right. Do what I say. And you won't be confused, dumbass. Like if you, you just listen to too many people, just listen to me. I'm always right. Um, but, but it is in terms of you do need to stop looking for quick fixes. If people just go, right, I'm going to invest a bit in my learning um, we're creating a layperson's course. We're creating a Mat Nutrition Uni for the layperson. We've been writing it now for about three years. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like I think it's about five hundred lectures now, um, but they're like they're like short ones, and you don't have to do them all. They're like there's like a health a health track and a fat loss weight loss kind of track and a muscle gain one and a sport and exercise. But there's like a fundamentals foundations thing that everyone does. Um, but if people can just invest a bit in their learning and go, I'm not going to rush to the end result. I'm going to go, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to try and just forget everything that's come before that, like the fact I've done keto, the fact I've done whatever. I'm going to start again with like almost a blank slate, get rid of all of my stupid biases and go, I'm going to invest in my learning. And, and, and in learning about myself is what I mean. Not, I'm not telling people to go do courses. It's like, I'm going to start now. And I'm not just going to go, I'm doing Herbalife. Oh, it didn't work. That was crap. I'm going to do V-Shreds thing. Oh, that was crap. I'm going to do a different thing. Like go with it as a process and be reflective and don't rush to your end result. Like get a coach if you can afford one and work with them consistently and be reflective as you go and, and move in a direction like, like fine tune what seems to work for you rather than just being completely erratic and wanting a result straight away maybe even do the the early work of go and see a counselor maybe about the fact that you binge or you've got a poor relationship with food or whatever mm. and then and then because once you have all of that done everything becomes easy you can just do my rapid fat loss protocol and just get shredded but I'm, but it's you have to have everything else in place first like just eat well for a week don't diet don't do anything don't cut out any foods don't just flip and buy a vegetable buy some legumes, which I bang on about all the time. Like in the West, we just don't eat enough legumes in general because they're time consuming, but you can now get microwave lentils that are actually taste quite nice. Like I'd never eat a lentil in my life if it wasn't for being able to get it quickly and, and um, easily. So I think that's my thing is just like slow down and take responsibility for making yourself less shit. That's it in a nutshell slow down and take responsibility for making yourself less shit. That's a great less shit tip. It's very... Because the right way is usually the fastest way, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And I say this to people as well is my, I say about my Instagram stories, like, okay, my Instagram stories are maybe not as fun as, you know, watching your favorite celebrity gimp on Love Island or whatever, and they're not as gossipy or whatever. But if you genuinely invested your time in watching every one of my Instagram stories for a year or two or three, whatever you've been watching other junk, there are, I do get DMs from people going, you've never heard from me before. I've never given you any money before, never done any of your courses, but I just read all your posts and watch your stories and just kind of learn and adjusted based on stuff you said, and you've changed my life. Thanks very much. And it's like, that's great. You know, I'd love to be able to do that with more people. They, they're a bit of a diamond in the rough because they paid attention. No mm. one really cares about free information, you know, enough. They don't care enough. Um, you know, they don't assign enough value. But, yeah, I think for me, it's just like do, do the work, the slow work. And, yeah, don't do it. It's the, you know, the fastest way. And, and 
Except for doing the rapid fat loss. Exactly. After you've done all the slow stuff. <laughs> exactly. Like even rapid fat loss, it's still like, okay, you do a two week rapid fat loss phase and it's like, well, I've got 50 pounds to lose. It's like, you can't just do rapid for 50 pounds. Like, it's, <laughs> well, to be honest, you can, like people have, but I, I maybe shouldn't say that on air, but one of the case studies I often show is like Mr. AB. It's like a medical case study. He fasted for 385 days. Yeah, that's right. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Insane. It's mad. Yeah. Um, and he got shredded. <laughs> like, well, like I just sort of imagine him like on the stage afterwards, just like bam, like I'm I'm ripped. I've been for a um, year. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. imagine how good that food tasted. He probably actually probably left him with a whole bunch of problems. Because because he was like given the vitamin injections that right, and there was some like yeast yeah. in there as well, and a few other things to keep him normal. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's a long a time. Hard. Um, now, now, normally we go to something worth sharing as well. I think that we're a bit think short on time. I think we've got plenty. Now, this goes alongside our, um, our be less shit tip too, because this game is actually called Shitty Choices. Okay. Right? Now, it's a would you rather game. An A or B. Would you rather A or would you rather B? So normally we would just select, but I'm going to give you options. Number one, two, three, or four. Okay. Three. Roulette time. Three. All right, Martin. I haven't read these. To finish the podcast on a note. Would you A, rather, make out with someone, feel something wet and realise they just peed their pants? <laughs> or B, drunkenly make out with someone and throw up all over them? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm, gonna, if I'm going to give away, like, my sort of kinks by, by, <laughs> by talking about this. <laughs> I would love no, to I go mean, with you, you don't have to go, I would love to vomit on someone. I, I would I'd love to give it away. I would love their pee on me. That would be amazing. No, it's not. Uh, I think vomit's gross, right? So probably I'll go with the first one. Like I was making out with them. That's nice. Cool. And then I feel something wet. They wet themselves. That's probably because I was so good. I'm going with that one. Nervous Pete. It's because you're so famous now. That's what it is. Yeah. It's all in there interpretation. There was a fan. Yeah, yeah. Fan I've interpreted the A. Like, yeah. I like it's it. actually become a positive. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good game. I like that. It's a risky game. There's some horrendous questions in there. Oh, really? Like, yeah, they'll really make you question whether or not you should play with family members. And so the, yeah. the way it normally works is there's an A and B card so that you don't get like influenced by other people. So you just go like A and then you do. You're, you're in a group of four people and you're like, oh, you'd yeah, rather wow. take it in the bum. That's interesting. <laughs> so like, like on the count of three, you, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, most people are born with some sort of sense of shame or can be embarrassed somehow. I have been missing that since birth. So I think, and I, I look, if I do ever sense any sort of awkwardness, I, I like to bask in it. I quite enjoy it. Mm, um, nice. So this game is, was made for me. It's actually it really to was. come full circle to finish this podcast too. This game was actually given as a secret Santa gift to an old, an old coach of ours who was a Mac a uni graduate. Yes. And then she gave oh, it to cool. us because she was traveling. There you go. Oh, so thank you yeah, for your shooting choices. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, um, if people wanted to go to your live seminar or reach out for your other services, like your course, for example, where mm. could they find you? Best places are, I guess, in the show notes, they can jump on my Mac mail where they'll, they'll get that code. Mm -hmm. um, and best place really to find me these days is Instagram. I'm on there every day you know, sharing stories and whatnot. And I, I do my best to go through my DMs and get back to people as much as I can. Um, so, and then all my, my website, macnutritionuni.com. Like if you type in macnutrition, like it all comes up, you know, top of Google and stuff. So 
um, if they want to know more about Malnutrition Uni and studying, you know, our next intake, it's kind of a good time. They can start thinking about it. We're, we're actually creating a prospectus, like a proper, you know, you know, uni looking prospectus so that people can see, you know, the types of jobs that people are getting, um, you know, what they're doing with the qualification, where, it, you know, where it's highly respected and this, that and the other. Um, so matnutritionuni.com for the for the 12 month qualification uh, to become a fully insurable nutritionist uh, MNU certified nutritionist and then yeah martinmcdonald.com and I can mention there my podcast as well if they if they're into your podcast they might be into uh, listening to mine so that's not another nutrition podcast uh, on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube all that jazz so yeah love it well, thank you for coming on. No, thanks very much. I enjoyed it. It was fun and informative. <laughs> Had a laugh. That's what we always want to. Bit inappropriate, which I love. Just the right amount of sprinkle of, <laughs> of that. Yeah. Stuff. Bagging out dead people, you know. That's what my, my PA was like, oh, they might ask you what your most em- embarrassing experience is. And I was like, how do you know that? She was like, oh, I listened to one of their podcasts and they asked someone else it. And I said, oh, and what, what's made me think of that is you saying, oh, I don't really get embarrassed and stuff and I was like I don't know if I'll be able to come up with anything like what's embarrassing but then you saying they're a bit inappropriate and uh one this is I wasn't particularly I basked in it and this is what's really brought it up in my mind because I was I was doing a talk on intermittent fasting right and I've said intermittent fasting a million times you said intermittent for, fasting <laughs> you're damn right you're even doing. even worse I said I went <laughs> it was a big conference right so i'm talking and i'm like yeah so and i went i'm a big a big fan of intermittent fist i mean uh and then and then everyone just i sort of went did they hear that and i went that i definitely didn't just say intermittent fisting and i was like then so everyone just starts laughing in the audience and it was being filmed so i looked at the camera and was like i just said that on camera and I'm not going to let that down. And then it was like on the internet. And then everyone's like, oh, you're a fan of intermittent fisting. And anyway, people weighing on you, apparently. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I just thought, yeah, the right amount had been appropriate. But I don't know why that came out of my mouth. You know, like a Freudian slip. I, <laughs> I just like, oh, my goodness. That's um, unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Um, so close. Yet, good so mornings, far. the exercise. You know what that is, right? Um, when I was going through my PT course, one of the teachers there was quite easily embarrassed, but he was just like a a proper guy, you know, like couldn't joke around with you, whatever. And he said, uh, instead of good mornings, he called them morning glories and funny, but extra funny because of who it, the like the mouth that it came out of, like, oh my goodness, like no one should know that I get boners sometimes. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, Intermittent fisting right. with morning glory. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure, Martin. That's a great yeah. way to finish. That'll also be our 60 second snippet. So look out for that. No. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Cool. Mm.